life hasn't always followed the normal path. We will take you on this journey into spiritual practices and holistic therapies outside the norm. My mission is to demystify these powerful ancient tools for transformation through intimate conversations with masters, healers, and teachers. We will confront the myths and the rumors about the woo practices so we can break through to genuine understanding and authentic engagement. So glad you have joined us. Now, let's go into the woo. We are recording. So we're going to start all the way to the adventure of exploring all different kinds of modalities for health and healing. Hello and welcome to Into the Woo. Today we have the Dr. Gabby Pellici, one of my favorite humans on this planet, or maybe in the whole universe, um, <laughs> coming to us from Montana today, because, you know, she likes to travel all over the world. So um, I'm going to let her introduce herself and tell us about all of her fabulousness. So Gabby, what's going on? up Jamie <laughs> I love that we can do this 3,000 miles apart super fun um, my fancy credentials are that I have a PhD in uh, holistic health and I've been teaching that for about 15 years and I am a licensed massage therapist I'm certified in energy healing and two different kinds of yoga and I've basically been immersed in the woo of wellness uh, since kind of the mid 90s it makes me feel really old to say that, but it's been a really long time and a really big adventure of exploring all different kinds of modalities for health and healing. So that's the kind of, in a nutshell, resume for you. <laughs> I, I love your woo resume because it's like every time I'm like, oh, I was thinking about this thing. You're like, oh yeah, I know. And then the whole thing, which is so, so good. That is exactly why I want to have you on here because I love to talk woo with you. And I think everybody else should hear it too. Yeah. Um, I think what's so fun about when we get into the woo conversation is because we've been there and done that and all the different kind of aspects, we have a really good sense of humor <laughs> about all the people that cross our path, both practitioners and clients and stuff. So I think that's one of the things that's really fun about having these conversations. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the thing that's always interesting is like you're trying to explain to people that have never done any of this that the woo is not crazy. And then all of a sudden you come across some of the woo practitioners and you're like, oh my God, we are crazy. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. And Instagram has only like made that like exponentially more obvious as we kind of scroll through and see some of the stuff that people are putting out there. That, that's kind of my favorite part of the day though, right? Like yeah. you got to see what other people are putting out there to see what kind of, you know, things are landing. Absolutely. So most recently you were uh, running a retreat center in California and, you know, were kind of went a different direction than the things that you had been doing before. What was that experience like? Yeah, that was uh, something both kind of unexpected and also sort of manifested. I had gotten into uh, doing a lot of the coaching and the consulting with uh, female wellness entrepreneurs. I was doing that from about 2014 to 2016. And then a friend reached out and said that he had this incredible property, 38 rooms in the Redwood Forest, and he wanted to build wellness programming, uh, fitness, and food, and happiness, and could I come out and design a program, and hire people, and get it off the ground, and so I moved out there uh, about a year and a half ago onto the property, and built this program, and obviously you came out and, and helped me uh, launch the initial retreats, 
Um, and that was a phenomenal experience for a lot of different reasons. I mean, one, it sort of expanded my view of what's possible on the luxury level. Like there's a lot of people seeking wellness and it's not, uh, it's not just, um, the average Joe anymore. It's like executives and corporations and high level people. There was a lot of people coming through our property from Facebook, from Google, from VC firms, from all these different like tech companies that are now embracing the woo. They're all like, oh, this woo stuff, like these woo people are living to be a hundred and these woo people are, are aging backwards and these woo people are, you know, manifesting cool shit. And so it was really interesting to kind of move into that segment and, and see how those people are embracing um, what we have to offer. So that's what I was doing um, for the last couple of years. And I, and I feel really strongly now that there's like a lot of lessons that I learned from that experience that um, I want to pass on and that are, are really valuable um, for people to understand. Okay, so we have to rewind a little because you didn't just get there, whatever. You totally manifested it. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. so can we talk about that manifestation process a little? Yeah. So that was part of the learning that um, happened for me between like 2014, 2017. I was doing the grind. I was doing the hustle. I was doing the, you know, pushing myself in every possible way to do the marketing and the networking and the content creation and the joining the masterminds. And, and I was doing all the things that I thought were the things I was supposed to be doing to create a successful business. And I had had success. I mean, I had clients and I had the women in wellness group and I was speaking at events. Um, but it felt like the more that I did, the more drained I became. It just felt like it was depleting me and not energizing me. It just seemed like it was harder than it should be. But then I was thinking like, well, my dad, like my dad pushed himself until he kind of broke, right? It's kind of like the generation before us was, you know, you just keep going, you just push harder. You just, um, you'll, you know, you'll go on vacation when you retire sort of a, a mindset. And so I got to the point where I was completely burnt out. Like I was just done, done, done with that approach and you know I broke up with my boyfriend and my cat died and I got in a car accident when I found you <laughs> yeah like all the things were just like telling me you're not doing this right like your you car might... was locking just yeah, randomly. <laughs> every time I like, there was just so such a clear message you're not doing this right this is not serving you this is not sustainable like you're not going to be able to do this long term um, and so I started listening to Abraham Hicks for about four hours a day, every day. I start doing a lot of the process that she teaches like in her workshops and her conferences. I started doing less of the action stuff. I started doing less of the networking and the speaking and the, all the things that we think that we're supposed to do. And I started just exclusively focusing on exactly what I wanted and how it was going to feel when I got it and how amazing it was going to be and how it was going to up level me and how it was just going to come to me. And you and I would have these conversations. We'd drive around in your minivan and we'd be like, we're going to get a business for free. We're going to get a retreat center. We're going to get, and we were just, you know, we were just building this energy of all the things that were going to come to us with grace and ease that we weren't going to struggle to get. We were just done with the struggle. 
And, you know, my two main things was that I wanted a relationship with someone who was awesome, you know, who was like on the same level as me, like intellectually and spiritually and, you know, professionally. And I wanted a big business, like a retreat center, like I wanted a big business, but I didn't want to pay for it. I didn't want to buy a building. I didn't want to build a community. I didn't want to, you know, have to go through that heavy lifting to actually have it um, delivered to me. And, and so the person who called me um, in the summer of 2017 was a guy that I had dated about 10 years ago. And he wanted me to come out and he wanted me to build this business and he wanted to start a relationship. And it all just happened in what seems like a flash, but was actually six or seven months of hardcore manifestation practices, like really committing on a daily basis to the practice of meditation and um not just sort of like leaving it up to chance like you know kind of oh well you know it's not like you weren't doing any work or any you know so-called work in the process like you were i mean you and i were both looking at properties in miami we were you know like and all you kept saying is i just want a man in a retreat center just a man in a retreat center. Just a retreat center. I want a retreat center, retreat center for free. Yeah, and I kept thinking that I just kept saying I want it for free. Like I just want it for free. I don't want to. And I want it to be easy. Yeah. And I don't want to have to build it out. I want to have a beautiful retreat center for free. And dude, you got it. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. And I continued to use that to build. Um, about half a million dollars worth of business in the first year. And then um, in my inbox is sitting like about seven or $800,000 worth of business for 2019. It was something that was profitable. It was also something that I didn't get there. And then, you know, it was like a flailing thing. Like it actually was something that was prosperous. And that level of prosperity was also a new level of prosperity for me. I never created that much wealth that quickly. Yeah. Um, but that was also part of my practice was that I'm going to create wealth here. This is something that's going to be profitable. This is, you know, something that's going to serve me. You know, I'm putting energy into this and, and then I want that to come back to me too. And in the process of it too, like really living the life that you wanted to be living. Yeah, absolutely. Like not, not just not grinding it out, not working so hard that you felt like it was just impossible and horrible and, but like really aligning with like, I want to still have fun. I want to do fun things. Yeah. I want to experience the, San Francisco. Yeah. There was a big shift from the way that I did everything before. And I was raised to do it like that. Like I went to Catholic school and, you know, we went to church every weekend and I was in ballet class and everything was the, 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 no pain, no gain, you know, you have to stay in the box, you have to get straight A's, you have to get into the best college and the best graduate school. And I got the PhD and all of that was very rigid. And nobody said it's supposed to be fun. Like nobody says like putting on, you know, bricks on your toes and strapping into them and dancing. Like that's your, the expectation is like, this is going to hurt. It's going to yeah. hurt when you do this. And um, you know, you're going to reap the benefits later. Uh, and that works for some people. I mean, we have a president that that kind of works for. I mean, you tend to leave a bit of damage in your wake, either in your physical body or in your relationships or in some way when you just go all in on this, um, I would say kind of unconscious process of creating when you just kind of 
you know, taking whatever you can get and um, just kind of bulldozing your way, I, I think you can make some progress. I don't think that it's sustainable and I don't think we're taught how to do it differently. No, nobody ever told me you need to feel good first. You need to feel happy first before you do the thing. If you have an inner story about how it sucks that you're doing this and how it's never going to work anyway and how, like, why are you even trying? If you have, like, a dialogue that's happening, even if you're smiling and, like, you're getting pretty pictures and your website is really shiny, um, it is my very distinct experience that that's not going to work. It's just, it's not going to work. You're putting out an energy and a vibration and an attitude and a mood that's not aligned with the thing that you actually want, which is you want to feel good, you want to feel happy, and you want the things to come to you pretty effortlessly. I mean, I don't think anybody would choose to suffer and struggle over getting things for free, <laughs> like, without like, having a hard time. I, I don't think given those options, you would make that choice. But I don't think people realize the option that they have, and I don't think people necessarily have the tools to get them to that other way of creating. Well, uh, I think that a lot of the times that those tools also end up with, you have to wait until you are frustrated. You have to wait until you are, you know, totally depleted. You have to wait until, like, you don't start to, like, make that shift until you feel horrible. And I don't think that's necessary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was definitely at rock bottom when I was like, all these other people are doing something I'm not doing. All the people out there, all the like Elizabeth Gilbert, who was one of my role models and Gabby Bernstein and all the online entrepreneurs I saw, like all the people that I saw kind of in the world that were, they just seemed to be getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I was like, they're, they have to be doing something. Either they have like a secret team of people that are like pulling all these strings. There's got to be something that I am missing because clearly other people are moving forward without the breakdowns and, and, and without the stress. And I need to know what they're doing. And for me, I am relentless in my investigation of how to do things. Like I'm a problem solver at my core. I will not give up until I like solve the mystery. And the deeper that I went in investigating, how are people doing this? What are they doing that I'm not doing? The more I kept finding that they were talking about the woo. They were talking about law of attraction. They were talking about setting intentions. They were talking about affirmations. They, I, they were meditating. Which is hilarious because you have a PhD in the woo, but you somehow were avoiding the woo in your own life. It just didn't seem like it applied. It seems like, <laughs> like it wasn't the thing that you could apply to making a million dollars. It didn't seem like that was the thing. It seemed like the thing was something you learned at Harvard Business School, some case study or some, you know, data analysis. It just didn't seem like these spiritual practices and meditative practices. Those were the things that were move the needle forward for me. And then the more I investigated and explored and being at this luxury retreat center saw like high power people, celebrity people, CEOs coming through the door to spend time there 
to do the work of meditation and intention and manifestation and all these things that they would probably never come out you know, in an interview and tell you like this was the secret to their success, but they're showing up to do that work. They're taking time away from their busy professional life to go deep, to go deep into these practices and to use these practices so that they can excel, you know, in their life. Yeah. So I think it's amazing that that stuff is like happening sort of, it, I think it was happening way on the underground for a while. Like Nobody was talking about that they were doing it. And now I feel like there's a little bit more talking about it, a little bit more, you know, and that I think all of us should be. I think it's like such an interesting idea that you could manifest the life you like, want and do it with grace and ease. Do yeah. it in a way that feels really, really good. Um, and I feel like the art of manifestation is something that, you can get better and better at over time. I think it's a skill like anything else, like playing the piano or riding a bike. I think it's a skill like anything else. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that initially when I got committed to manifesting things, my manifestations were a bit sloppy because as much of the time I was thinking about the thing that I wanted and meditating on that, I was also spending quite a bit of time on the things that I didn't want mm -hmm. and the ways I didn't want to feel and the person that I didn't like and the thing that he said and the thing that she said. And so it, it, it's also a process of refining and practicing until you get to the point where you are much more focused in how you're making things happen and you're much more lighthearted about, you know, the contrast that comes up and the conflict that comes up and using that again uh, to refine what you want to create and to become better at creating this life that you want. And to me, it's not the type of thing that you just, you know, you put together a vision board in January and you put it in the drawer and then you come back to it like a year. It's not that for me. For me, it's a part of every day. And every time I notice doubt, negative thinking, um, catastrophic expectations, uh, pessimism, any of these things that will creep up if I'm not being mindful it's a practice of disputing them of um, doing different processes that i've learned to shift back into a mode and a vibration that is going to create the things that i want so i think that you can spend your whole life uh, studying and practicing and you can continue to see growth you can continue to see yourself developing more expertise over time in this area Definitely. Do you think, I mean, what's like the easiest, like, let's say you are a 101 manifester, right? You're like, I do not know if I believe any words coming out of this crazy lady's mouth. And, <laughs> and with those, I do not believe all the words, but I want to see if what she's saying is true. Like, what's one of the easiest sort of, oh, let's see if this works kind of thing. Um, that's who I was a couple of years ago. Someone had told me about the law of attraction and the movie, The Secret and stuff like that way back in like at least 10 years ago. I remember, um, I remember getting emails like 2009 ish mm -hmm. or before. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Um, that's who I was. And so for a long time, I was just like, yeah, this isn't for me. Like, I'm going to do these other things. Uh, when it got, when it came back into my orbit, orbit about five years ago, I started just playing with it, right? I didn't take a, a, a serious approach to it. I started just playing with the idea that maybe I could make something happen. And I remember one day I had been listening to some of the YouTube videos of Abraham Hicks and she's like, it's as easy to create a castle as it is to create a button. Like, it's just easy. It's so easy. If you just do X, Y, and Z, it's so easy. And I'm like, okay, okay, let's, 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 let's see. Let's see if this is true because it, it sounds too good to be true. Right? So I played with the idea one day I was walking, I was living in the, in the Marina down in Coconut Grove and I was walking to the office and I said to myself, I'm going to see something hot pink between here and the office door. Like I had no reason to see something hot pink. Like there's no hot pink boats. There's no hot pink in my office. Yeah. It's not like your hair. I wasn't hanging out with you that day. You know, <laughs> there was just like no reason. I was like, I was like, if Abraham Hicks is true, if law of attraction is true, then in the next three minutes, I'm going to see something hot pink. And I was just like, I, I didn't really have any attachment to whether or not I would see the thing. And I was just walking along, walking along. And here comes this girl in the opposite direction in her bright, hot pink tennis shoes, just walking through the marina, right? And I was just like, that was weird. <laughs> I was like, that was a little bit weird. That was weird. And I feel like that was it was kind of enough to pique my curiosity about, okay, like if I can manifest hot pink tennis shoes, let me go a little bit bigger. Could I do something like a little bit bigger? Like, could I get a client today? I wonder if I could get a client today. I wonder if someone could call me because they saw something and I'm not even going to call them. They're going to call me. And I just really slowly, gradually started playing with the possibility that this might be something that works. And I, every single time, every single time that I just relaxed and said, what if, what if this is possible? What if this is something that could be true? I saw there was just like an ease and a flow that it would come into my experience and it would continue to build this trust and this faith and this practice that this could actually be something that manifests huge things like a castle in my life. Maybe this is something that could be so much bigger. And I started to really feel into that. So my best advice in terms of small and simple is to just be playful with it, at least initially. Like say to yourself today, I'm, I'm going to find a penny. I'm going to find a penny. I'm just, I'm not going to think about it. Like, I think you told me a really great story about your brother finding a hundred dollar bill on the sidewalk in New York, right? Yeah. So my brother is like, he's a master manifester from like birth, right? He's like one of these people that's just like, he totally believes at any given moment that life is going to work out exactly how he wants it. We were raised by the same parents. I, he was just born. He was like, life is perfect. So he was maybe like seven or eight. And we were in New York City, which was like the New York City of like the 80s, like not beautiful, pretty New York City now, like New York City of the 80s, like lots of trash, lots of whatever. And we were walking like from the theater to like the subway or something. And there was all of these like uh, pieces of paper on the floor that said, uh, that were like, look like dollars on the front. And then on the back, it was like an ad. 
and he kept bending down and picking it up, bending down and picking it up. My mom is like, stop touching that dirty paper on the floor. Like, stop. And he's like, okay. And he keeps bending down and picking it up, bending down. And my mom is like, Todd, stop it. Like, she's super mad. And he bends down one last time and he picks it up and it's a hundred dollar bill. And he's like, this one's real. And she's like, put it in your pocket. (laughs) Because it's New York City in 19, whatever, 85. And he's like, shoves it in his pocket. And we get on the train. And my mom's like, what was it, a dollar? And he pulls it out and it's a hundred. And my mom was like, what? What? How did you know that that was a hundred dollar bill? And he goes, I've been thinking about a hundred dollar bill all day. Yeah. He wanted a hundred dollar bill. So we got one. You know, just manifesting. It's that easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's that easy. And if if more of us could just have that childlike expectation, just the childlike expectation that you're going to get the thing and still get up every day and make the calls and go to the networking events and put your posts on social media, but with a different feeling. That different feeling I discovered was the thing that made all the difference between it working and not working, between it being, you know, the paper advertisement and the $100 bill. It was the expectation of it being the $100 bill that made the difference. And I feel like it's also like the playfulness of it, right? Like your energy changes when you're like, hey, I'm going to just keep picking up these things off the floor. My mom's energy was not going to find a $100 bill. No. No, they could have been raining down on your mom, and she would be like, oh, what's happening? She's like, ah, dirty paper. Get this stuff away. Yeah, and we can push all of that stuff away. We can be surrounded by all the prosperity and all the boyfriends and lovers and sex. and all. We can, I mean, we can be surrounded by all the things and be so focused in the wrong direction on the wrong things that, like, we don't even know that it's literally right there. It's right there. And yeah. we're just not attuned to it. We're not aligned with it. And it just psh, comes and it goes without us picking it up and putting it in our pocket. So fun. So fun. <laughs> all right. So the question that I ask all of my people at the end of our podcast and our time together is, what are you doing this year that scares you? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Gabby is working on another manuscript. Gabby has, Gabby has completed two manuscripts that are not yet published. Um, and Gabby is working on a third manuscript, which is a lot of personal stories. It's personal stories about um, my world of woo, all the people that I've experienced, the clients I've had, the adventures I've had, um, the misadventures and mistakes that I've made. Um, and writing for me is terrifying. Uh, once I actually get the words on the page, I find it to be like super enlightening, uh, and helps me to learn more about myself, to push my career forward. And so it's something I force myself to do. Um, but I am, yeah, I'm looking at the blank page. I was just writing before we got on here. I managed to write a page, um, before we got on this call and that's my commitment. My commitment is to, to keep writing and to keep putting stories on the page this year. How are you manifesting this, my friend? (laughs) I am manifesting this with, I've made a, you know, a commitment every day to get up. I started before writing, doing a meditation to 
to let go of resistance, right? To get rid of the resistance, to get rid of the ideas about this is too hard and I can't do it and I'm scared and it's uncomfortable and to just commit to the writing that not to judge the words on the page, not to get too attached to the outcome, but to just show up every day and uh, do what I can to make it happen. So nice. Awesome. So where is the best place to find Dr. Gabby? Oh, Dr. Gabby's everywhere. <laughs> just close your eyes and click your heels together three times. Dr. Gabby, Dr. Gabby, Dr. Gabby. I mean, you can find me online, GabrielPolici.com. All my handles are at Dr. Gabby Polici. Um, and you can find me and Jamie in the same place at the same time at the end of April because we're doing an awesome retreat in Florida. And so for more details, you can... Uh, connect with me and Jamie and find out about that awaken in paradise it's going to be super fun so if you are interested in finding out more about that uh, I'll have links in the show notes for that all the links for Dr. Gabby will be there as well and thank you so much for coming on into the woo you are my favorite woo so thank you, thank you. <laughs>